Hey everyone, um, thanks for listening again. This is John and Nick, and um, this is our conversation about dealing with grief of the loss of our infant daughter, Leah Kayan, in um, November 5th of 2020. Um, we haven't done any updates since her birthday on October 29th. Birthday, October 29th of 2021 was the last time. Oh, sorry, yeah. We haven't done an update since her one year birthday, first birthday. This is going to be a little scattered, Uh, maybe maybe a lot scattered. Um, We were going to kind of wait until we got our emotions in check a little bit more, but we decided that. Yeah, it's pretty much not possible. So, where we're at today is somewhere that has been trapped in between hypothetical and hope. Um, Nick and I matched with an adoptive family. With a prospective birth family as the adoptive family. As the, uh, yeah, fuck. You were just going to go with fuck. I'm going to screw a lot of words up today. So we just got the call that the hospital wants us there. And um, so we just canceled our life and headed home and packed a bag that we... That we didn't get to pack for Leah. We didn't get to pack for Leah in a bag that was caught between hypothetical and hope and wasn't one we ever knew if we'd honestly ever pack. And then to, to get the call and, and, and just have to run through it. And I mean, we didn't cheat the moment any, we, we have everything we need, but it's, we haven't had time to even fucking begin to process what's going on. Um, Because there are extenuating circumstances. So we we haven't... We can talk about it. We just can't say names. We haven't been able to 100% feel comfortable and safe and hopeful yet. Because birth mom is going to sign consents today. Which means technically our little guy is ours. But birth dad says that he wants to parent and he still has a couple weeks to file his stuff with the court to be able to do that. So nothing is safe and stable and there's still a lot of worry and risk and fear. Um, and um, baby boy was was unfortunately born addicted to fentanyl, and mom alleges to drinking up through five months. And whether she drank more or used any other substances, we don't know. But we do know that she was drinking through at least five months that she admitted, and and she would use fentanyl the entire time. And they have been weaning. And we're going to continue to call him baby boy because we have about 
15 names and we haven't settled on one. We haven't we, met him yet. We were waiting to meet him first and um, see what felt right. Um, but they've been trying to wean him off of morphine and they had taken him all the way off of morphine on Tuesday, but they had to put him back on morphine yesterday. And the hospital, we reached out to the social worker this morning just to kind of check on him. And the social worker said, hey, if you guys, you, 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 you get here, we'll get you bands. You can get into the NICU, you can come be with them. Babies do so much better when they're being held and have a routine. And skin so, to skin contact and they have a mama and a daddy. And so we're on our way there to do that. And we know there's a risk that we not we might not be his forever mama and daddy. We, we but we will be his for now, mama and daddy, until we know that. Yeah, we, we don't know that when we'll take him home. We in theory will take him home in a couple days, but we may have to bring him back if dad gets his proverbial shit together. But I don't think he will. Um, and I'm not exactly rooting against him. I'm rooting for us. But I'd be lying if I didn't, if I wasn't, if I didn't say that I was scared. Because I am. I, Nick and I are terrified right now. Um, you know, we've done the past 13 months, since almost, almost 14 now, since losing Leah, we've... Hope is a very scary word. There is nothing in the world that hurts like hope. We've talked about that, that this thing, that Nick and I are not weak people, and that it tore us down to the basic ones and zeros of life. And we've worked really fucking hard to try to put them one and zeros back together. And, and they're not in the same order they were, but we've, we've got to a point in our life where we can function. And... Now this is asking us to take what we have left of our soul and to fucking tear it apart again. And to hope. To wait and to hope. And But because of who we are, we see a baby that needs a mama and daddy. And even though we know the risk that this could end up that we have to literally hand him back and never know where he went, never know him, never know if he's okay. That's scary, but we will do that for him because he's worth that. We will destroy ourselves in any peace that we have rebuilt for him. willing to do it and it's not without cost Nick, Nick and I like we, we've talked about we, we don't want content this isn't supposed to be content but we talk we, we're together all the time and we talk all the time and and one of the things that we talk about is cost and, and cost cost to self and, 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 and everything in life has a everything in life has a cost and everything in life has a has a consequence and, reper and potential repercussion and and we're willing to spend it all right now. Um, I'm, I'm willing to 
empty the bank. Nick's, Nick's ready to empty the bank. And, um, and to hope. But in there with the four-letter word, the worst four-letter word of adoption is wait. The worst four-letter word that Nick and I deal with is hope. But the one that we get to let out today is love. We get to go hold him and love him. And um, when we were pregnant with Leah before we knew that she was a girl, we had had a boy's name and the boy's name that we had chosen was Lane. And then we had chose a middle name of Roy Don, which is next. Well, it won't be pronounced like that. <laughs> Roy, it's, it's Royden. And I, I'm gonna say your name, so apologies if you don't like it, but it's, it would be, that's Nick's grandfather that's passed is half of it, and Nick's stepfather is the other half. And this will be his, it's not his first grandbaby, but it'll be his first grandboy, grandson, right? No? No. no Other way around. Other yeah, way around. There's a lot of, extra stuff that goes along with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. But, no. But we've also, we, when Nick found out she was pregnant with Leah and we knew Leah was a girl, she had called Leah her shooting star. She was always our star. Our little our, star. Our little star, not shooting star, our little star. And, and, and since she passed, we've seen more shooting stars in the last year than we've seen in the 40 before. But, and we have a, a very dear friend that it has has had the name Orion come to mind. That's something we're trying to consider. And and we've had the name Jude and Judah and and Emmanuel on our mind too. And we so those are kind of some of the ones we're thinking, but we we're waiting to meet him. And um, the GPS holds true. In about two hours and 20 minutes, we will. And, um... So to give you the whole story on this, we were with a different agency. And that agency just didn't feel right. So our pastor happened to recommend us looking into this other agency, a Christian agency. So we contacted them in May. And at that point, they had closed down their adoption program because there just wasn't that many birth families coming forward. And they had a whole matchbook full of adoptive families. And with the pandemic, adoption agencies just don't have many babies to go around. And we'd heard that over and over. They took our name and our contact information and said, you know, if we ever open the program again, we'll let you know. So we said, okay. And then like we've documented on this podcast, we left in the beginning of July and drove 14,000 miles and sorted through a lot. <laughs> it yeah. was a lot. And yeah, and we, we, we got back on August 31st and we, 
we made an appointment with our pastor for the next day because we were just reeling, reeling being back here. And um, we had the path, we had the meeting with the pastor and he, he told us, kind of made fun of us in a, in a very polite, loving way to tell us that who did we think we are to control God's destiny of us. That we think that we can screw up God's plan. <laughs> And, um, and it happened to be that later that day, that day, that day, the, this adoption agency called us and said, "We're reopening the program. Do you want to be part of it?" And we missed the call at first. We called them back, and they said, "It's a good thing you called when you did, because it was you or one other family that was going to get the last spot." We got it, and we had to do a lot more, even though we were already court approved to adopt we had to do a lot of stuff to be approved through them and that has taken all of this time and we finally got everything done and last Monday we went and turned in what's called our match letter it's the pictures and the words that we put together that they showed a potential birth family so that they can choose a family for their baby we turned that in on Monday last week, and later that day, they called us and said, there's this situation, It's there's a lot going on, there is a fair amount of risk, and it's up to you whether you want us to show your letter or not. We said, yeah, we're in, show our letter. And there was at least one other family, potentially three other families that they were gonna show. So, a day or two goes by and they reach out and they said, we're really sorry guys, but they, they want to meet with a different family. So we said, okay, we were obviously disappointed, but we would pray for the birth family, the potential adoptive family, and more than anything for this little boy that needs healing. And so we did that and we continued to do that. But we moved forward. We licked our wounds for a while and picked it back up, kept moving. Then, this Monday, so three days ago, they reached out and said that the family that they had wanted to meet with had a health crisis come up, so they, they were out. But that we were the first choice of the birth mom and they wanted to meet with us which was out of the blue. So Tuesday morning we went and met them and tried not to sell us to them, tried not to convince them of anything, but just put it out there that this is who we are and this is what we want to do, but we are sensitive to this, that this isn't plan A for you. Birth mom, has already placed two other babies for adoption. She knows this is what she wants to do. Birth dad is on the fence. He goes back and forth between saying things like, I know my life isn't baby ready right now, and I don't know how I would do this, to this is what I want to do. He's my son. So we put it back to him just saying, we have lived through losing a child. And this isn't exactly the same because 
we can't see our Leah's face. We can't know where she is. And we are confident that we know where she is and that she's okay. But I can't see that. I can't, I can't know that. I, I don't know. So we just assured him that when he is having those days that he just wants to see his face, that we can make that happen for him. And we will. He said things like that he will consider adoption if he can be involved. His concern is that we're in Tucson and he's in Phoenix. How will that work? So we're committing to him and to this little boy that we can all be one big family, that we will continue our relationship. We will let him be part of his son, his birth son's life. And we are committed to that because we truly do believe that the more people that can love a child, the better, because how can more love ever be bad? It's just now working out how will that look? What will that be? And in the meantime, dad still has a couple weeks to file the paperwork with the court and follow through. And we don't know how committed he is to that. We don't know. We don't know. And how many times have you guys told, we've told you like the words that we speak more often than anything anymore since Leah left are, I don't know. We know that he has about 20 days to file if he's going to or attempt to. And you tell yourselves that you're going to love cautiously. Well, that, that went out the window this morning packing a bag. There, there's no love cautiously. We're going to... We're all in, like always. And we know that they, this might end in heartbreak and disaster for us, but unless or until that happens, he has our whole heart and we are not going to hold anything back from him because he deserves all of us. So that's what we're going to do. And um, to kind of get back to what I was talking about with cost is this is going to cost Nick and I everything everything we have to do it but we realize that there's there's some of you out there that it's going to cost you too and we're and we're spending your energy without asking we're just we're just hoping and praying that you'll support us and and be there for us and obviously hopefully it's all good and you can be there through all the good and no more fucking bad but until we have him home, and until we know he's staying at our home, we're asking you to spend with us and just please spend freely because we fucking need it. We need text messages right now. We need prayers. Prayers. We, <laughs> we, we, we need phone calls. We'll return calls. We'll answer if we can. We'll, we'll respond to texts. We'll keep updating. We'll send pictures. We, we know you're in our corner, but we need to feel you right now. And and we need everybody that's been praying to keep doing it. 
And if you haven't been doing it and this is the first time you're hearing about it, please start. And for everybody that has lived through this, and to our friends in Spain, in Florida, in Georgia, in New York, everywhere that have lived through losing a baby. We hope that this is hope for you. I'm not gonna tell you a lie that this isn't hard, that there aren't so many triggers because oh, there are so many. And we're terrified that this could be a wedge. Yes. We, we cannot even begin to express how much we hope this is not a wedge. And we hope that if you can't see this, if you can't be part of this, and if the situation reversed, we couldn't. We would be loving him for you. We would be loving you and holding you close, but we could not watch this happen. We couldn't be part of this. So we're not gonna push this on you. We're not gonna push this in your face because there's no fucking way that we could be doing this from the other side. But we hope that you see hope here. That all of us, we deserve living children. We are already parents. You guys are already amazing parents. We've watched you parent for a year. And through pain and unimaginable grief. Yeah, and I just, I, I don't, Shane V, I'll say your names because you guys have joined us on a cast when you talked about the intoxicating, the intoxicating Queen Maeve. I'm so sorry that we failed you on Sunday. We were caught up in our own post-Christmas grief and Nick wasn't feeling well and I was having a terrible day and we did not but do, not anything like your day we, we did not do nearly and the honoring you all so much more than that we, we, we did not do enough for you that day and, and I'm hoping that you'll forgive us um, I, I can't I can't even get it, it just makes me sick to think about it that we weren't able to put aside enough of us that day and we didn't it's not like we didn't think about you and Maeve every minute I mean we think and about Maeve's, you guys all the time Maeve's all the time was lit all day and we're always always sending love to you guys always but we we didn't do enough and I hate that Sorry, we're just trying to collect our thoughts here for a second. Um, you know, it's um, I have I have some notes to myself, and the first one on my list is "fuck the new year." Um, you know, for people that haven't been for people that haven't been through this, for for Nick and I. Moving on to the new year is probably the 
the third hardest day for us after Leah's birthday and Leah's passing. He's moving on to the new year. It just, it, it makes it. It feels like we leave her farther and farther behind. And I, I hate that. And I, I talk to Leah all the time, but every morning and every night, I stand by her urn. Tell her good morning or good night. Tell her how much her mama loves and misses her. Today before we left, I reassured her that we're not replacing her. We're not ever gonna forget her. We're not ever gonna love her or miss her any less. No, she's, Leah will always be five. She will always be that part of us. This, this, this baby boy is not five B. He's no. six. But with a new year coming, this one was different and scary and hopeful, and it's a million things all at once. Because. Hope. Hope and fear in a fist fight right now. Yeah. You know. Because we dread it because we're, it's another year forward when Leah isn't there. But it's another, it's a, it's a new year that might bring new hope that it might mean a new sun but it might not. It's just, it's, you guys understand, hopefully, or at least you can see the picture of it, that we're all over the place. And we don't know yet where it all shakes out. And that's scary. You know, like Nick and I don't, we don't want to pat on the back for anything. We, we've never wanted one in 27 years, but but we know damn well that we have been there for everyone in our lives in one way or another. Somehow, when 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 crisis hits and shit hits the fan, we're the ones that are on speed dial, and we've been struggling mightily with feeling like a burden to you all because we don't ask for help we don't expect for anybody to show up and carry any of this we've done that because that's what we do we put down all of us and we pick up everything we can and we move mountains if we can for other people but to be that vulnerable that you would ask for help in any way, shape, or form feels exposed. It feels weak. It's not a comfortable feeling for us at all. And most of you have risen to that occasion. I won't say all of you, 
most. But most of you have risen to that occasion. And we're beyond grateful. But just know that we hate even asking. We hate to feel like we're asking you to do anything for us because that's not who we are. It's not what we do. We're, we're the ones that are there to help. We're not the ones that are there to ask. I don't that even been, make sense, but. We've been, like you, like you know, with, with just I'll talk church specifically, you know with the church or you're, or you're led to believe with the church anyways that it's a, it's community and they're there for you and we and we and we take on each other's pain and, and struggles and sacrifice and we, but we also join in happiness and forgiveness and repentance and all of it and, you, and it's supposed to be a community but it it feels to us anyways that like we're constantly bringing our shit to the doorstep and asking for help we feel like we're taking more than we're giving. Yes. And, and we've talked about this before, that, that everything in life should be, or a good friendship or a good family should be give and take equally. And it, I mean, you know it's not. It's not always. There's times where... Somebody one, needs more. Somebody needs give. more. And, but we've, we've really struggled with it with the, with the members six or eight specific members of the church that have really, really been there for us and done Yeoman's effort to, to try to be there for us and accept us and to, and to get to know us and learn us. And and it's... <laughs> we talked about... They said, Nick and I talk all the time, and we talked about this the other day, that, that while many of you listen, think you know you maybe know 10%. You, you know the, you know the pieces that we feel safe enough to expose our nerve to let it out. And honestly, Nick and I probably only know 50% of each other. There's things that, I know, I know there's things that Nick wants to say sometimes and doesn't say them. And sometimes there's things that I want to say I don't even know how to say them, so I don't. I can't. I can't even collect them in my own head. But it's. I'm not trying to discount any of you, so please don't take it as that. It's. It's not like I'm not telling you because. Because I don't. It's not that I don't want to, or it's not that I don't trust you. It's. We're. We're always weighing what we think someone else can handle. We don't. Nick and I are not the people to burden someone with all my shit. I can't I can't do it. And some of you know more than others. Um, I have I have one specific person that I lean on heavily and so does Nick. And outside of each other. Outside of each other. But but our the kids don't know. The the kids have in one, two, three, and four, and the fiance and the girlfriend, and they, they know parts and pieces, but they they don't know the whole story. I mean, for one... They know the whole story. Well, they just yeah, don't, don't know 100% of everything that we go through in a day. 
because we don't want to put that on them. They are dealing with all of this in their own way. We're all dealing together and we're supporting them and in ways they support us, but we don't we don't lay everything out on a Facebook post or even in this podcast or out loud because we, it just feels, I don't know, for us, and that's probably a failing on our part, that it's not that we don't trust you to help and to be there. It's just, we're not those people that we put our problems onto other people and, and expect for them to come up with solutions or whatever we we do our own work (laughs) there's no solution to any of this there's but yeah i um i had notes to myself i said i had some notes myself and one of them that we were talking about was fuck tucson we we were ready to leave yeah we were supposed to be in montana already now yeah, we we were we've been watching the weather and it was supposed to be brutally cold up there right now, but that's good because it doesn't snow when it's like that. So it would have been good travel. And just something's kept pushing us off. We were we were supposed to leave the twenty seventh and and it was just something didn't feel right with leaving and apparently this is why. Because if we had left when we were gonna leave, we would have got we'd have been in a about 400 miles from the house when the call came in and yeah we would have did a u-turn um but it's um sorry i'm tapping my fingers trying to i said before i rub my hands together like sandpaper i get nervous next tapping a hand and a foot over here um We had to go in Leah's room this week. I shouldn't say we had to go in Leah's room, but it it didn't it didn't make sense not to, if that makes sense. Like, Leah's many of Leah's thing. I, I don't. We don't. We don't know what we're ever going to do with Leah's room. We don't know what we're ever going to do with the clothes that we bought for her and the bedding and her curtains and these things that that were specifically bought with Leah in mind for Leah. They were Leah's things. And while we're living in this house, we don't have to worry about it right now. But but there were other things in there that, car seat, diapers, wipes, stroller. Um, we had some neutral, now gender doesn't mean anything to us at the end of the day neither does race or any of that but we had quote unquote general some gender neutral stuff blankets and onesies and socks and but to do that we not only did we have to go in Leah's room which her room looks put together everything that we weren't everything was ready for her but, but everything that we weren't ready to deal with was in the closet so we had to tear the closet apart this week to get the bottles and the yeah bottles too and the diaper bag and so it's been kind of a not been kind of it's been one hell of a roller coaster week and then 
waiting to be told where to go. And, and I mean, we knew the baby was in Phoenix, but we didn't even know where he was. Like, yeah. like he's in Phoenix. Okay. Well, Phoenix has got 2.4 million people. So where in Phoenix? There's like a hundred hospitals. So we're going to make our way to Glendale and go and go find him. But, but it was, it was really hard to be in Leah's room, but there was a certain, for me anyways, I'm only speaking for me here, there was a certain peace to it. Her, her room is very calming. Which was purposeful for her. We never dreamed that we'd have to close that room for a year and that it would be gut-wrenching to open the door. But her room looks exactly like it was when we set it up for her and we were waiting for her to come home to. It's a soothing, comforting, calm room. But in that, there's turmoil too because I don't, I don't know if I can sit in that rocking chair and rock another baby because they sat, the last time I sat in that chair, I was holding Leah in her last day. Last morning, the, the room faces southeast. So here in Tucson with the low, the low Scott, we, we have a really low sun. It's hot as I'll get out, but it's really low. So that room in the morning, you know, in, in November was just a very nice, warm, and full the, of light. And then you have the diffused winter sun that makes the sun looks like it's four times its size, and just coming through the windows, and it's very, very calm and warm and inviting, and and it's. It feels very wrong to be in there, and it feels very right to be in there all at the same time. Our entire life is a push-pull dichotomy. It's always, it's good and bad all day long. dichotomy, it's a paradox. Paradox, paradox. It just, I don't know what's gonna feel right, I don't know. I don't know, (laughs) that all remains to be seen. But the fear of going in that room with this little boy, our, our son, and then getting a call that he's not our son, that I'm rocking a baby for the last time again in that room and in that chair is too overwhelming to even think about right now hope is a dangerous thing but we're um said we're gonna do our best to try to keep it together and um and we'll fail spectacularly at that (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's hard to see right now tears in my eyes or what's left of them and 
write this match letter, which feels like marketing yourself, which just doesn't. Which feel, it is. Which it is. It really it is. It but it's the part that we put off for the longest. It, it felt gross. We. It was the last thing we did. It felt gross. We drug our. We didn't end up with the other agency because we drug our feet on the match letter for 90 days, and then we're presented with the opportunity to go to CFC, and and then we still drug our feet until they were begging for it, but it was because apparently they knew this family was out there, well, and maybe. we were a potential match. But, but one of the things that we said in that was that, um, we certainly haven't done everything right in our life, but we haven't done it all wrong either. And the one thing that we've got right is the kids. The kids have always been first when it was just one to when it was five. It's now when it's hopefully going to be six. We've done that right. We've done right by them. Our kids. We have a friendly relationship with our kids, but our kids are not our friends. We do not treat no, them that we're, way. We're definitely we're, we're the parents. We're their parents. But we're all so super close, and the kids are close with each other. And, and I think we're They're scared. They're we're, scared, too, because there's a potential for more pain here. And how much can any, any people... You know, endure how, how much more can they not only endure for themselves how much more can they watch us go through but we're confident in them that even if this ends badly for us that they're gonna love him he's gonna be their brother for as long as that's possible and if that's forever then they're gonna celebrate with us too I wanna can't tell you how much I want to bring him home and to and to see and to see one hold him and look down at him the same way her mother does. Because you see it. When you look at the pictures of them with Leah, they all have this wonder. This wonder in their eyes. And how they look at her in, in the 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 just un, unimaginable love see their hearts in every one of those pictures of, even though they knew, knew there was no happy ending they loved her they still love her they, the kids all tore themselves apart too and gave themselves freely and that is our is Fearful as we are for ourselves, it doesn't even begin to compare to the fear that we have for one, two, three, and four, the girlfriend and the fiance, because we know that we're dragging them through this again, that we might have to fall apart again, and we might have to figure out how to pick up the pieces again and the guilt that we have because we're making the conscious decision to drag us all through that again. It's, and, it, and it's coupled with the excitement of being able to see them 
with him to be able to see for it to be a big brother, big brother uh, in this world again. And to get to see the hammer be, not have to be the hammer all the fucking time. <laughs> so tired of the hammer having to be the fucking hammer because I'm the goddamn nail. And I want to I want to see three. Three has always been a baby magnet and I want to see three with with another little brother to, again. I already talked about one and the fiance. I want to I want to see them look down at him the way that Nick looks at that Nick looks at him and the way Nick looked at them. To, I want them to see me come home from work exhausted and filthy and bloody, just waiting to have him in my arms. I want to see that. And I'm and I'm asking them to spend what they have to allow us the opportunity to have that happen. outfit that we're taking with us and says little brother <laughs> and I debated over buying it the other night I debated over washing it having it ready I debated over packing it because there's so much packed into that little brother <laughs> that I, but I'm putting all of that trust and all that confidence in God that he is your guys' little brother, that he is our son, that he is our number six. think there's much more else we can say today right now we're just we're we've got to find an hour and a half of energy so that we can get there and, and give him everything we got sweet potato daddy loves you and mama loves you and we're gonna go we're gonna go see your brother now, and I hope you're okay with that. I hope you trust us to continue to honor you. We love you. We miss you. <laughs> Damn, we miss you. Oh. Long for, I, there's not a strong enough word. took everything we had to not join you. Yeah. Still does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some days it still does. Um, so anyways, y'all, I'm going to say what I always say. Thanks for listening. If you 
no one, anyone that needs to hear this, share it. Bye.